0: hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the visitors might be listening podcast it's me again Lewis Ryan your host with the most joined again by my two fabulous co-hosts who I'll introduce right now first off I'll start in reverse alphabetical order with mr. <laughs> Mike Levito Mike how are you doing today
1: i'm I'm doing well if you're the host with the most I guess I'm the 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 guest with the uh the west i i don't know i can't come up
0: with, a, with, with a the guest from the west that's right all yes. the way from the western state of new jersey yes mr. Mike.
1: <laughs> not even western new jersey either
0: <laughs> <laughs> and next to mike we have the other guest that's even more west mr chris chobin
2: the other with the mother indeed hello
0: hey chris like like the energy you're bringing today <laughs> coming in hot <laughs> So we're back again for another episode of Monkey Talk where we're covering all of the Planet of the Apes movies in order. Uh, We're on the third movie today, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, which I'm very excited to talk about, as I'm sure you guys are as well. Um, But before we get to that, we wanted to break the ice with a little icebreaker question. So I, I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite time travel stories were. So I opened this up to like movies, TV shows, books if you have it so I just I just wanted to hear and um, uh, so we'll open up so uh, Mike I guess I'll ask you first Do you have a do you have a favorite time travel story
1: yeah I so it's funny the the, the first icebreaker question right that was uh, you know your favorite sci-fi movie and I picked the very obvious answer of Star Wars when we did Twilight episode I picked what I thought was another like pretty obvious answer which was uh, nightmare on however many thousand feet um and i'm gonna go very obvious again i'm gonna say back to the future <laughs> um so primary and i was thinking about like why outside of it just being like a, a very good movie that a, a lot of people have seen and i know we actually kind of made fun of it on our last episode of Forges of an aptitude but um what i think works about it is a just the simplicity of the premise you don't have to think too hard there aren't too many like diverging timelines you have to keep track of Um, Uh,
2: a a child is best friends with a disgraced nuclear scientist
1: and that they go back in time i mean what else do you need like i said very simple very relatable um (laughs) but but the relatable part is that it's like if i had a time machine what would i want to do i guess i'd want to see babe ruth play baseball i guess i would want to see elvis perform but i do all but like the thing is i think we all kind of want to know what our parents were like when they were younger and that is what uh marty mcfly gets to do in that movie with some very bizarre sometimes disturbing results (laughs) but he does it anyway and uh it's also it all and it also you know it's it is a movie about nostalgia and it's you know kind of like i think a sneakily political movie about nostalgia as well right it was made in the 80s uh while reagan was president and we were in this kind of like well not us we weren't alive yet but the country was in this this period of sort of like Nostalgia, looking back at the 1950s as a golden age, which people still do today. And then it was about kind of going back and, and either seeing what what it takes to live up to that, ide- that ideal or not live up, live up to that ideal. So it used time and memory in a way, in a thematic way as well.
2: Fair.
0: That, that all sounds very smart, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I try. About a movie where a kid has sex
1: with his it hey, they they never actually
0: you know it never actually happens. Yeah, it was cut out. Just... Um, so Chris, Chris, well, what is, what's your favorite time travel story? Is
2: this is a hard one? Uh, I I think it probably either have to be uh, Primer or About Time, uh, which like the like the most possibly hor- like sort of horrific time travel movie or like the most whimsical um i i like that both of them sort of play i think like against genre uh in terms of how they go down so uh yeah i I think it's i i have to give it to about time just because that's the one i watch more like primer i like watched on occasion and enjoyed but like about time like i watch probably every like two or three years
0: I was actually going to pick Primer myself, so I'm, I'm ah really sorry, sorry, picking you under the uh, web conferencing app. For
2: you, <laughs> um, well, that, here I'll I'll defend About Time. Uh, have both of you already watched it?
0: I've never seen it. That's not the, I, the Justin Timberlake one, is it?
2: No, no, it's um oh, dang it. Uh, who's the guy from? Uh, it's
1: Dom Hall Gleason.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's um the son of uh, the other Gleason. Brendan Gleason. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, it's just like a great rom-com with like a high, uh, high concept premise that all the guys in the family can control time, but that like, uh, like you sort of really find out early that like, uh, all of the like cynical manipulation isn't possible, which is a bit of a stretch, but like does make the rest of the film a little bit more like enjoyable that like, oh, it's just sort of like you, you can only do what you would actually normally do that kind of stuff. Um, uh and sort of just spends the rest of it being a good person that happens to be able to time travel and the ultimate end result is just like oh you should try and live in the moment more it's like no that's kind of fun just like a lovely little rom-com with a weird high high concept premise that i really like
0: mm. i'll have to check it out <laughs> um so my my pick for this week i picked primer uh, as i mentioned before really really well done very low budget Indie movie. I believe the budget was like six thousand dollars in all. Um, Shane Crews basically ran the gamut of doing every possible job he could, like writing, directing, starring. He did the music and the editing. It's a very uh, high concept, very intricately detailed look at like what if like time travel was real, and like the the painstaking mundanity of like how time travel might actually work if you applied it <laughs> to like real world physics. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just real a really well done uh, little sci-fi movie um, that really takes a realistic look at a uh, time travel. Wouldn't you agree, Chris?
2: Oh, sorry the uh, the you repeating this conversation was off in my head. Uh, you know, I, I really enjoy it. Um... <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, it's it's it, like I think also the like the the. Dangers possible in time travel that like uh, it, it can become much like very much like a sort of Terminator style like uh, uh, like game of chess. I found that very interesting. Not just not to take too much away from the film, but it's yeah, it's pretty lovely. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, all right, so th- those are some time travel movie recommendations for people um, who might be interested. There, there's three of them right there. Um, so we're we're going to talk about planet of the apes again escape from the planet of the apes the 1971 sequel to beneath the planet of the apes which came out the previous year just a little bit of background about this movie it was uh the budget was once again slashed when fox was like hey (laughs) beneath the planet of the apes was successful let's cut the budget and do another sequel so they cut the budget from 2.5 million to a flat 2 million which, which uh, you know, what what movie couldn't uh, do with cutting another $500,000 from the budget?
1: Especially one that, like, relies on, you know, expensive makeup and costumes.
0: <laughs> and uh, Paul Dean was given the task of writing the scripts to the sequel again, even though the last movie ended with the entire planet being blown <laughs> up.
2: Exploding.
0: <laughs> and so... There's kind of a mad scramble of, like, what are we going to do? How is this going to work? Please, somebody help me. But eventually he managed to come up with a concept that uh, I think worked pretty well, given the constraints of the budget and the narrative needs of the story. So I guess we'll get right into it. Mike, how does this film start off? And by which I mean, like, what, what happens in the first couple of minutes?
1: Oh, you don't want me to describe the entire
0: movie? Yes, please avoid recapping the whole plot (laughs) of this movie.
1: (laughs) Well, I've never done that before on a different podcast, so... (laughs) Um, No, so this movie begins in a similar way to how the the first two films begin, where a a spaceship has crash-landed on a planet, and... um, it, it, but instead of landing in, like... Well, actually, know bo- both... Well, I guess in the first movie it lands in, in water. This one also lands in, in the ocean. And instead of, you know, uh, human astronauts staggering out and, and wondering where they are, we see, actually, the United States military reacting um, and performing a rescue maneuver. They assume that there are, there are men. They specifically say gentlemen yeah. um, in, this, in, the, in this ship. And then they bring it ashore... These people in you know spacesuits come out and they say gentlemen welcome to the United States or something to that effect and uh, the gentlemen take off their helmets and it turns out they aren't gentlemen at all they are a trio of apes uh, Cornelius Zira and dr. Milo to be more specific and I, I loved the uh, I, I loved how that started I, I loved the you know The the shocked reactions, and I loved how it showed Roddy McDowell and Kim Hunter's names next to their faces. I thought that was cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was a a good way to bring back the old gang. Yeah, it was a good good way to bring them back on screen. And I like the music that they play over the titles, where it's like it's like jazzy, but like intriguing as well. Like, how is this happening?
2: The, the soundtrack to this whole film was definitely interesting like any any time it was getting a little boring they were just like hey let's funk it up
1: a little bit like yeah. <laughs> just blah 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 so oh, okay very funky bass lines lots of the xylophone too <laughs> yes and, um very much in early 70s a very in a very early 70s soundtrack
0: so um yeah we're, we're introduced and now we're focusing on uh our human or not human we're focusing on these ape characters instead of humans the majority of the film so we've got cornelius and dr zira really who have taken the the lead roles from uh charlton heston and james franciscus um so uh, what did you guys think of like shifting from the human characters back to uh, cornelius and zira i i thought it was a pretty
1: clever inversion of the initial premise right that you know I, I mean, we don't have to repeat it again but you know men crash landing on a planet of the apes instead you have apes crash landing on a planet of man um, I thought that was interesting. I, uh, you know, I, I do think it is very impressive the way that Kim Hunter and Roddy McDowell are able to emote through their makeup and costumes. Um, and I thought, you know, it was it was pretty compelling. Um, their relationship and their their attempts to navigate through this this strange world I found pretty interesting and i think Riley mcdowell actually gives like a very good actually very funny performance
2: uh to to focus uh on the the two doctors because like i mean they were kind of the besides uh uh, our our titular spaceman and uh our 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 orangutan overlord they were sort of the core of the film and it sort of have been so so for like basically both of the films so to have one focus more on them i think it makes a lot of sense
0: yeah so um they basically been captured by the united states government and we sort of learn via dr milo that he managed to capture taylor's spacecraft and convert it into working spaceship again and it's managed to travel backwards through time 2000 years i don't think they really like
2: and that that happened that happened off screen entirely during the previous film <laughs> even though i'm pretty sure we see don't we see them as a part of the final battle in the last movie
0: no i don't think they're they're not in the final battle so okay. um, you can justify it they're honestly like okay. in the last movie i think more as like cameos than in, they don't really do much um because they they protest the war and then the war happens and they're obviously not involved in the war. Um, so yeah, Doctor Milo's there he's basically like, yeah, I built the ship again. We managed to travel two thousand years and avoid the the planet being blown up, which we saw out the side of our window.
2: <laughs> it's it's so good we met you, character that we have no, that we have had no previous interaction with.
0: <laughs> yeah, were you guys like? Um, expecting big things out of uh dr milo were you like who's this character now who's this third guy what's going on i was kind of
1: confused because at some point you know these apes do all kind of look alike um as perhaps uncouth as that might be to say but um <laughs> i uh i was just i was just i was like i was trying to figure out more so if we had seen this character before um evidently we did not and uh, I don't know that I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting Zira and uh, Cornelius to be the focus, and uh, that's what ended up happening because Milo doesn't last very long. I
2: did not did not expect him to be taken out by a gorilla chokehold.
1: <laughs> very realistic looking gorilla too.
2: <laughs> oh Jesus! I, 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 I appreciate they get around. That. I was like, oh, you do look sick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it looks like one of those gorillas that'd be, like, in a Three Stooges short, where it, like, (laughs) picks up a machine gun and draws, like, an outline of bullets around Curly. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't look very realistic. Um, Yeah, so um, they're brought to the zoo, funnily enough, and um, we meet sort of two veterinary scientist characters, as Mike said already twice, it's kind of like ironic take on the first movie where it's like they were the scientists, Cornelius and Zero were looking at Taylor as scientists, and now they are the imprisoned subjects being looked at as scientists, and um, they're like, even
2: down to the you shouldn't speak otherwise they'll get they'll, they'll go after your brains. Which to be fair, I guess makes more sense now because like well if we were, if we would do it to them, they would do it to us.
0: Yeah, um, it, is, it is sort of like taking premise the first movie and sort of flipping it with between humans and apes but i think what works (laughs) a lot better not better but it works as opposed to just doing it like 100 percent exactly like the first movie the movie (laughs) like speeds along really quickly just like getting to it where this all happens in like the first 10 minutes which uh obviously the first movies did a lot of setup before that so i think that that works pretty well for this movie's favor yeah okay. and,
1: the, is, and it, like because the second movie also kind of repeats that setup to a certain extent because it's like having seen the first one you know that you know what the deal is but james franciscus doesn't so you have to kind of go on that journey with him which is uh-huh. i mean it, it, not that it took that much time but it's like it's a little tedious whenever you have to do that mm-hmm. um but yeah you're right they just kind of jump into it and get to it and uh yeah it, it works well
2: I don't know, it feels like the... the uh, not to start speeding through things. We do rehash that a lot. Which I guess that... Like, you have to introduce them to the world. And that, like, the... Everyone... It would feel particularly preposterous that a species that you had... That had no capability of speech started to be able to speak. Um, uh, especially, I guess, maybe filtered by ones that... Okay, these ones fell from the sky, so it's a little different. But, like that 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 did get uh that it felt like it took like two or three times of that being said before it really started to kick in
0: yeah so the 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 scientists they do kind of like little experiments with zira obviously thinking that she's probably dumber than she actually is and then it's revealed that they can talk that they have the power of speech and then sort of like washington becomes involved um and then the president holds like a commission to like mm-hmm. find out what these um, apes are, and then we sort of speed along to this sort of like commission scene, right, where Zira and Cornelius are brought before commission, right, Mike?
1: Yes, yeah, they they're brought before. I forget what the title they give it. It's like the President's Commission on Science or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I enjoyed that scene. I enjoyed um, you kind of the slow reveal that you know they're what what you know. Of, of how intelligent they actually are i liked before that the kind of uh i forget if, if it is um, the the one the animal psychiatrist who, oh, his, whose name is escaping me, right? it's lewis dixon yeah lewis dixon they be lewis yes i <laughs> forget if it was him or like i think otto is like the other who ends up becoming kind of like the antagonist of this movie but it's like a reporter asked him it's like what do you expect to come of this meeting And he just goes fear and then keeps walking on
2: um, yeah, it's it's Otto. <laughs>
1: and and I also feel like this this movie, it kind of it's when it begins to transition to like this kind of like comedic like second act a little bit. Yeah, where <laughs> the uh, the scene where um, Cornelius mentions something about being wed to Zira, and then a priest that I had not noticed who was on the panel <laughs> shoots up and goes
0: wed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> get back
0: to that later, but I, I thought it was, like, the funniest thing I saw all week. I thought it That's was pretty incredible.
2: good.
1: <laughs>
0: it's, it, I don't know why you guys think it's so funny. It's the exact sort of thing that would happen nowadays. Oh, you absolutely. Point, priests okay. and religious figures all the time to these presidential commissions. If the,
2: if the, if the gays are getting married now, the, the apes will, well, when will it end?
0: <laughs> no, that, that was pretty funny, but, um, I did want to bring up, because I'm, I'm glad you two are kind of co-hosts with me, because I think this is sort of the wonkiest Planet of the Apes movie <laughs> that we've got this far. Wonky as in political wonk, mm-hmm. not as in uneven. Oh. But um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, Washington, D.C. involved in this movie, which uh, did, did you guys like? Did you appreciate Did it take you out, knowing that you guys are sort of insiders in that sort of <laughs> arena?
2: I I was interested by the fact that they made the president sort of this, like, calm, collected, uh, like, uh, figure reminiscing. (laughs) It's like, oh, maybe the apes do deserve to win. It's like, wait, what? Okay. (laughs) Like, not what I'd usually expect. And then, like, the, uh, the scientist who believes in science also believes in, uh, genocide of baby monkey. Um, (laughs) which I guess that's why they made him German, but, uh... That, that for him to drop... Uh, oh, he's like, we need to do something about uh, all of it, about the oil, about the uh, about the population bomb. I was like, oh shit, you're dropping the population bomb. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that was a very 70s reference. Um, yeah, for, for a movie made during the Nixon era, it was not a very Nixonian president they were
0: portraying. Um, but was it, was it a deliberate it subversion of Nixon?
1: Maybe. I, I mean, I and I... I what I did like about it is obviously the government would be involved, but we didn't jump straight to the sort of... It wasn't like X-Men, right? It wasn't like, well, we have to lock mm-hmm. these 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 apes up and, mm-hmm. and do all this. In right.
2: fact, they have, like a, I think, a half hour of like just being public celebrities in which she goes to a, a, a women's dinner and becomes a feminist, and he goes to a prize fight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then they say, what do you think? And he goes beastly and it was very <laughs> funny uh but no I, I i i enjoy that whole angle of it i enjoyed like this kind of like loosey-goosey precedent they had and i also liked you know um this is skipping ahead a little i think it's skipping ahead but um when it's like you know we found out that Two thousand years in the future, or whatever, you know, we're all gonna, we're, we'll, we'll all be dominated by these apes and all this. Mm-hmm. And the president just goes, "Well, I don't think we'll be in office by then." <laughs> <laughs> this is something we can talk about after the election, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which was funny because it was like, you know, that that's 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 a big trope in movies like this. But, um, I the way he was just like, yeah, like, what do you? It's thousands of years in the future, dude. Like, what do you want me to do about it? I thought
2: and then to turn to him and be like, uh, well, "Okay, so these might these these apes might be the cause of that. Also, they might just be apes. Like, like, it's <laughs> like, no, we can't be sure. It's like, but wait, are you gonna murder uh, to, to 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 go straight to the? Okay, sure, we'd like to murder Hitler, but would you murder baby Hitler? Like, and I, I am curious, is that where this trope came from, or is that just sort of a ubiquitous line of thought? Like,
0: are you saying did this movie invent the idea of killing baby Hitler?"
2: Like, how, how fresh was that in people's minds? Like, I don't know. I'm curious.
1: I, I assume that that
0: hypothetical had existed already. Um, yeah, maybe even Hitler's parents had thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, but would you guys say, uh, it, like, this is kind of... If this scenario happened, like, in the real world today, like, imagine, like, two beings from the future came down, 2,000 years. Do you think this hmm. is, like, a, the way, like... That the government slash the president, they would respond realistically, like, the way this film sort of portrays? Do you think it would be different? I think, I, I feel like they'd be, like, immediately warranted,
1: right?
2: Yeah. You know, I feel It'd like- be way less chill. It'd be way more arrival, way less, hey, let's show them around town.
1: <laughs> I And I think there'd be, like you, you, like, you mentioned religion. There'd be a whole, like, religious reckoning, because... You know the implication that there, there's life, not just like, you know, microbes or whatever beyond Earth, but like intelligent life, oh, granted they're from the future but um, it, it, would, it, would, it, it would cause a much bigger like, they would not become instant celebrity
2: well, they would definitely become instant celebrities, but I think it would be much more like modern day celebrity rather than just like chill 70s celebrity, which is just like, oh, like they can, they can go and be about on the town and be like, no they, people would like them to be murdered Like
1: yeah, exactly <laughs>
2: that that like that, that and that would probably be i don't know it's more interesting i don't know like the the idea that like one scientist has enough clout to be like we should murder these people when like the people in power don't want it but i i guess that's when he is then able to turn around and get her to admit using uh grape juice plus that uh, she's committed atrocities against human beings I,
0: but i like i like the way this sort of film portrays like just because like the budget's so low and like compared mm-hmm. to movies today like the budgets are so high I like sort of like the mundanity and like stripped down nature of this where it's like it's like these two apes they're just there and then like the press is there that, and it's like no one's really like them, concerned about anything
2: you give them some fancy clothes that like, and all the conversations rather than happening like around or in some set pieces really are just like in a hallway. as like oh, that's where the conversations would be happening. Like, like <laughs> and then eventually they're just taken to a CIA base and it's just a different type of military base. It's like, yeah, that's about right.
0: I, I do think it's interesting the way like you have those two sort of like scenes. Like you have like the commission scene at the beginning, then you have like the interrogation scene later, and it's like because the first scene like they have the press and the media and they're able to like use like humor. To sort of like win over the crowd, um, that's. I think that's like that's saying something about like the power of like the free media, and you know having the public eye on sort of things versus being done entirely in secret, and sort of this interesting, interesting scenario. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree. It's very much like a comic book type
1: plot. It felt like to me, right? Like I could see yeah. this in like as like like a Marvel or DC series, you know, just aliens, not aliens, but you know. These anomalies come to Earth and then are become celebrities.
0: You know,
2: uh, are fixations of the world and sort of then become like a a focal point of it.
0: Yeah. So because they are able to use humor during the commission, they are sort of embraced like celebrities. As we said, in sort of like the middle act of the movie is just sort of like, even more of a an inverse of, like, the first movie where it's, like, these apes in, like, human society, and uh, Paul Dean actually pulled, like, a lot of this kind of satire and, like, sense of humor from the original Pierre Bull novel, mm. where the apes apes live in a world much like like the real world. It's not as, like, alien and abstract as it is in the first movie, where it's, like, rocks and stuff. It's much more like they live in cities and wear clothes, and, like, uh, like, uh, like they do during this part of the movie. So, um, I actually, I really like this part of the movie. It's going for, like, a different tone. It's going more for, like, humor and, like, being a comedy film. But I actually, like, really like this movie. And I was, like, thinking about, like, like, what if the movie was, like, just this? And it was just, like, them <laughs> living their lives, you know? If it was, like, more like an indie drama or something of just, like, living celebrity lives. So, um, uh, what did, what did they, you guys
2: think They're, they're like, their marriage torn asunder by, like, the now threats of... Uh, like, celebrity, and like he yeah. starts cheating on her, and like <laughs> something like
0: that. I mean, like, I, I imagine like these sorts of like rom com dramas, like, there's always a scene where like one of them like talks to the other in a bathtub or something, and that that does happen yeah. in this movie.
1: <laughs> it was funny because I, I was wondering, like, when this part started, I was like, do these people bathe? Like, not people, do these <laughs> apes bathe? Like, do they smell? Like, and then and then they, and then she's in the bath and it's revealed that apparently this is the first time either of them has used a bat. I, I agree with you, Lewis. I found this, I don't know if the strongest is the right word, but I enjoyed this part. And I enjoyed the kind of lower intensity drama of what do we do with these apes? What is the implica- like? How do we reckon with this idea um, and stuff like that? When it became a little bit more of like a generic sci-fi action thing, which we'll talk about later, it lost me a little bit just because it's like i've seen this before you know mm-hmm. um but but I, I i yeah but the idea of like just these otherworldly even though they are from earth beings existing in in what was then modern society i agree i think that's an interesting plot i it lost me
2: for a little bit i think like the ideas were cool but that uh it did feel a little meandering that like i i think if if either of them had had a goal they they seem to at at know too much about uh human society to be in genuinely like interested um and too little to ask interesting questions like it feels like that they just like entered human society as if they were like normal celebrity humans rather than being like sort of uh fish out of water like thrown into it like that uh, I think that might have been maybe a little bit more interesting to see what they were trying to get out of humanity living in this world, that kind of thing. That they, if they were trying to build a life for themselves, that that then the turnaround of them being shunned by everyone might have been a little bit more dramatic.
0: Uh, fair point, Chris. Fair point. Like like we were saying, it might it would have been a completely different mo- movie if it focused more on just them being like celebrities and like dealing with the fallout of that. I I wanted to ask you guys. It's like sort of a impromptu improv comedy situation if you were making this oh movie today and Zira and cornelius become like celebrities well what would be some scenes that would be different like be if you're making this movie in 2023 like for one i could see them being on like um instagram influencers yeah like showing off the latest jewelry with like banana charms or whatnot <laughs>
2: definitely one of them is handed a vape uh, takes one puff doesn't like it but then is told that it's uh uh, like yeah, like banana, banana, uh, pumpkin or whatever, and like to that he then takes a big old drag because she hates pumpkins or she hates bananas.
1: Yeah.
0: Um.
1: What? Yeah. Obviously, like social media, like Instagram, YouTube, something like that. Um, Cornelius reacts videos. But, <laughs> oh my. I I, I think. <laughs> how
2: barbaric!
1: You you would get like a TikTok, um, clip of it's like <laughs> how how to make yourself look like zero and it's like it's like people like just applying like you know
2: like this like like contour to just absolutely move the side of the face
1: yeah something like that (laughs) um there would be some like they would do something in public and it would become like a meme right um and you and you'd see that like shared on twitter or whatever um you would get like a like tucker carlson style talk show host like being like what else is the government hiding from us or like or something like it's like should apes vote or like, stuff uh, like
2: that. Yeah, as, as, uh, they are—they are trying to turn us into apes. Like, right, it's, right. It's, we we need to remain human, okay? None of this banana bullshit.
0: Cornelius on uh, Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, so you're from the future? Oh Wait, have you seen this video? Pull it up. Pull it up, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was our spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, like, this... I, you can do so much. Like, th- there's... The, I think, though, like... We keep talking about how it's like this movie. It's like, it could have been so much more. But, uh, obviously, the budget was slashed to make this. And I, I think this film is pretty good on its own. But it's like, you could... It could be like its own series. Like, sequels, like, Cornelius runs for Office. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, they, they star in movies. Like, they could have done anything. But uh, I did, I did want to kind of shift gears a bit and talk about... <clears throat> What Mike already mentioned, our antagonist character, um, played by German actor Eric Braden, he plays Dr. Otto Hasslein in this movie, who, who was oddly name-dropped in the uh, first movie by uh, Taylor right at the beginning. He mentions like the Hassline curve when talking about like the time dilation effect, so it's like he's presumably responsible for back. inventing that technology. Yes, I agree. So what, what do we think about this character, Dr. Dr. Hasslein?
1: I, I think it makes sense, and I think it makes sense, too, if you look at the... You, you mentioned the Population Bomb, Chris, and, and for mm-hmm. listeners who, who might not be familiar, like, the Population Bomb was this book that was written by... I forget the name of the author, but it was this book where, that basically argued that we were going to reach a point, not in, like, 100 years, but in, like, I think it was, like, 30 to 40 years, where mm-hmm. the human population grow would, would grow so vast that we would be unable to feed everybody and support everybody um and these kinds of like panics were kind of in vogue in the early 70s it was the beginning of the environmental movement which obviously was not a panic was based on you know actual fears but you had there was this kind of idea of it was in some ways like the height of this is going to make me sound kind of right-wing but it was kind of like the height of like the like liberal managerial technocratic mindset in a way Um, especially in
2: the united states
1: yeah yeah and so I enjoyed him as the... Like, he's, he's a bureaucrat, but he's not... I feel like if you were making this movie today, right? And even if you were making this movie, like, 20 years ago, like, he, 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 his thing would be, like, these people are, like, a threat to our way of life and mm-hmm. our security, right? It'd be a kind of more, like, war on terror approach to it. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like having Otto be... Having it more of, like I said, this technocratic kind of, like quasi-environmental view on it this this kind of like paranoid like futurist thing was pretty effective and and, and he, he's like effective as like a sinister you know i think it's kind of cheating to to, to pick like a like a, a german scientist to be your bad guy <laughs> a little bit but i think he's effective and
2: they, for, for it being like if you told me oh uh, a german scientist with a revolver is the core bad guy in this movie I'd be mean, like, oh, it's going to be like an over-the-top character who is at its core deeply evil. When in fact he's like, oh no, like, I, it, he's just a person who thought this through, found a a probably true fact, which the rest of the movie sort of entails is true, that, like, if we let them exist, they will destroy our future. Like, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just sort of this weird, like, this is the inevitability. I do not enjoy it, but it must be done.
0: Yeah, I, I was watching some behind the scenes material about this movie, and I, I was looking for like some mention of I, I guess it's just on my brain because Mike and I covered this recently, but like Dr. Werner von Braun, mm. someone who leapt to my mind, but obvi- I didn't couldn't find anything like making that connection. But uh, it might might be a reference to him because he was also like a German accented scientist, obviously involved with the space program. Um, and I remember when I watched this the first time. It is, like, obvious, like, oh, this guy is, like, German-accented figure. And, you know, obviously that's, like, movie code. That's, like, when you cast European people as, like, Romans in certain movies. (laughs) And, like, those period pieces and the Americans would be, like, the heroes. Mm. And so it is, like, movie code of, like, oh, this guy is a bad guy. But, like, watching it again, like, I feel like his accent's very, like, subtle. Like, it's not, like, it's obviously not cartoonish.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But... They never like make mention of the fact like that he has an accent. No one says like he's German. I feel like Eric Braden is trying to like play it as like he's just an American, but obviously he himself is a German actor. And I know Well,
2: and well they get they do give him a like a quite German name as well.
0: Mm-hmm. True. That is true.
2: But I agree, but it, it's definitely more like a oh god, what's the the space guy? Sorry, my apologies. Ver, Werner von Braun. Like everyone knows he was German, but like by that especially that point in the 70s like he's lived in America for so long and has become basically like a star of the American space program that he's as American as the rest of the, uh, the apple pie we stole from the Nazis.
0: <laughs> oh, and uh, the actor, Eric Braden, he said he is a German actor and he like, at, hmm. at, at a certain point before this movie, he had like refused to like play like these evil German roles, which were kind of hmm. common in movies. Cause he felt like he was kind of perpetuating a stereotype. And it's like, when he did this movie, he, he ended up not liking it so much because it is kind of like he is playing just an evil German again. Although I do think there is a certain degree of nuance and sort of like allegory employed. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of does rely on he is German, so therefore he will be evil. And, um, yeah,
1: I, I, feel, I, I feel like th- this yeah. is only 30 years removed from the U.S. entering World War One. I. I feel like it's pretty... World War Two. World War II, excuse me. I, I feel like it's... <laughs> It's pretty clear what they're trying to do.
2: <laughs> but the, then they give him that really nuanced scene with the president. Like, it's not like he's filled with hate. Like, he's just like, we must. This is an inevitability. Like, it's... I, I, I agree maybe that I'm I'm too much a, a an empathet, uh, empathetic person to the sort of liberal technocrat. But, like, it's... Uh, yeah, it, 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 like, even at the end when, he, when he's... Not to spoil too much, but everyone's probably watched the movie. Um... Like he he doesn't seem to revel in doing the shooting. he's just sort of it is done
1: yeah, and i I think that's that's part of what I do think is actually effective about this movie, even though again like he I think it's very clear what they're trying to do by making him German is that you know, mm-hmm. I feel like if to make like a good villain unless it's like the joker and the his whole point is that like he has no point, like mm-hmm. y- you should have them like make a compelling argument for their actions, right. And, and they give him the opportunity to do that and you know it is like a legitimate like question it's like what would like if you knew that like you know we were going to be replaced by another species and that they and they started you know reproducing on earth like what would you do like in an animal like you know without sort of like human sapiens would mm-hmm. try to kill that thing it would try to kill the invader but now that we have, you know, ethics and philosophy and morality and all of that, what would we do?
2: Would we, would we return back to our uh, hatred of the... Uh, oh, dang it, what's the... What's it where uh, robots get, look almost too human and then sort of get into the... Uncanny the, Valley. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 I think the theory is the existence of the Uncanny Valley is exactly that. Is sort of uh, oh, well, the, all of these different uh, types of uh, humanoids that uh, were not exactly... Uh, homo sapien uh, all vanish from the earth uh, relatively quickly after we sort of exist and we wonder why
0: yeah um, I, I agree I think that scene between the president and Dr. Hasline is uh, done very well it's probably like this is like the smartest way you could do this sort of like character like quote unquote the evil German character without it being like a stereotype or demon because it is like he has a very interesting compelling motivation and sort of like his ultimate fate is kind of like a tragedy in a way, because he ends up, it's, it's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy of, like, what he does. And, uh, so I guess now we'll shift gears to, like, the last, the last act of the movie to, uh, mm-hmm. so it turns out that Zira is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. Mom. And that causes a whole discussion of, like, wait, these things can reproduce? <laughs> and the Dr. Hassline is, like, very concerned about, like, well, we know like 2000 years from now they said apes rule the world and they try to keep it a secret that um the world ends up blowing up but then that sort of uh gets revealed so then it becomes this whole discussion of like should we kill the apes and this little baby to like preserve humanity's dominion and sort of avoid this possible future so dr hasline is ultimately given the authority to like bring Zira and cornelius to this place called camp 11 where they sort of engage in like sort of a um, it's kind of like a guantanamo bay what's the word i'm i'm looking for sort of like clandestine up like a black site yeah yeah it's kind of like that yeah so zero and cornelius are brought to this place called camp 11 where um they hear sort of interrogated again and uh, like they try to use humor again to like diffuse the situation but like these like government handlers they're not like gonna be diffused by humor they're just gonna keep at it like shining a light right in their eyes just to like figure out what's going on um
2: which to to be fair to these cia agents which is something i hope i rarely say um is that she did let it slip during the original interview that she lobotomized humans so like to have some more inquiry that direction not a horrible thing which, I feel like the vet got over that very quickly. Was like, yeah, we, we really fucked up some humans. Like, well, if I guess humans are in the ape position and ape are in human position, we've done worse. It's like, well, I mean, very candid of them.
0: Yeah, I, I, this is, again, I feel like we're, we're saying, like, this is something that I, I could definitely imagine being done again, definitely in the post-2000 era. Because it is, like, very much like a Guantanamo Bay, war on terror, people's right to freedom stuff like that i mean you know it it is something that i feel is very timely and relevant that you could do today
1: yeah yeah for sure it definitely is um as are i think just you know the the ethical questions of science as we wrestle with the kind of post-covid world and you know um questions of lab leaks and and things like that i i think it is it's, it's a pretty relevant thing and
2: did you did you guys see the um oh one of the uh u.s government's entities came out saying that like they're like they're they're they are lowly confident that it was like a lab leak yeah i think it like was
0: that, um i think it was department of energy for some reason but yeah, yeah that, that's, that's what that made, was it that's what made me think of it was
2: yeah you know, yeah strange world what did Bang.
0: what did you guys make of the uh sort of creation myth scene where cornelius and zero sort of give like Give a sort of central mythology. This is sort of like akin to the Darth Plagueis scene in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, where they outline this uh, f- possible future where there's a plague that kills off dogs and cats everywhere around the world, and as a result, apes are domesticated and they eventually become sort of like a, a sort of a slave race because they have more more limb, more dexterity than apes. And that ends up causing sort of the beginning of the revolution, where there comes a day when there's one ape named Aldo, who when given an order to do something, he's able to articulate no. And that sort of kicks off the powder keg of like apes eventually taking over against the humans.
1: I thought it was pretty compelling. It was very funny because when they mentioned the bonfires of dogs, uh, my mother's dog, like actually like perked up and like <laughs> <unless> <laughs> I'm, like watching the movie um, it, it feels like it's missing the part of nuclear holocaust unless i um...
2: yeah it, it, it does feel like a little bit of a retcon both in terms of that oh it wasn't actually humanity's downfall it humanity didn't destroy themselves Like well, guess it's still humanity destroyed themselves by being oppressive assholes not by killing each other in nuclear war and the other one being um uh, like when this was ex- when the origin was explained in the first two films, it did feel much more general, much more Jesus like, rather than it being like, oh, this defined story of our oppression. Like, I felt like that would have come up in the earlier movies more because it was the idea of humanity ruling over apes seemed so foreign to them in the first two movies when now it's supposed to be like, oh, well, of course they used to rule over us and we. Like, we, uh, like, threw off our shackles. Like, that That uh, What's-His-Face would have still been vilified in the first two movies, but as an oppressor rather than as an oddity.
0: Right. It is It is kind of very shaky, given what we know from watching the first two movies. I feel like this film gets around it, not in, like, a, a, in a great way, but just in a way, by saying that it was, like, secret scrolls that I presume right. might have shown them between like the first and the second movie um so obviously obviously it's not like the apes know it but obviously the apes are very religious and they have like these secret scrolls so it kind of makes sense to have like they have this aldo figure that i guess it's quasi debatable how much ape society is built around knowing him and what he did but Uh, it's it's
2: it's at least knowing the idea of him and that's why he's there is the giant ape creature and to be fair, that that actually makes more sense now that you say it. That um, uh, that those were sort of more the secret scrolls because I know they mentioned it, but and so maybe I should have taken everything we didn't hear is just secret scroll talk. And that that would make Doctor Zayas make more sense. That he was so world weary and like, well, uh, let the human go over there. Like, uh, we can't mess with them as they will not only destroy us, but perhaps could oppress
0: us. And then that that sort of drives us into the ending where. Dr. Dixon and his assistant Natalie Trundy is the actress who also played one of the female telepaths in the last movie. Uh, they they help Zira and Cornelius escape with their little baby who's been born, who they name Milo, and they will, are able to sequester away for a day or two at this uh, circus with uh, Ricardo Montibon as Armando. <laughs>
2: as the the chillest circus owner ever of just like oh yes of course bring your apes here (laughs) it's under jesus christ's light
1: (laughs) yeah i i'm very curious like i actually like skimmed like the history of the circus after i watched this movie because (laughs) i like i'm not sure how many traveling circuses like the one depicted in this film existed in 1973
2: (laughs) Um, it was definitely their 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 last gasps
1: it, that that it that felt like the sort of most... Sweaty? Uh, I felt like they were, yeah, they were a little out of ideas at that point. It pays off at we the end. We need to have it. It pays off at the we, end, we, but, but it, it felt yeah. like... It,
0: that, that, it felt a little out of place, the service.
2: Yeah, uh, like, where can we have them go? The zoo? No, we've already been to the zoo. We can't go back. Yeah, like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep, so they're there for a few days. Um, and then Dr. Hasline manages to take matters into his own hands and they corner he corners zira and cornelius on like a, a like an abandoned boat at on the docks and uh there's there's kind of a climactic final scene mike do you want to kind of describe it
1: yeah it actually reminded me a little bit of like the climax to dirty harry when they're in kind of like um i feel like they're in like a junkyard if i remember correctly um, they jump on a dock yeah um but basically he, he 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 has a gun well it's 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 before all that when because um, because lewis like tells them you know he, he gives them the place and he actually gives them a the gun and they're going to kill themselves because <laughs> they don't want to be experimented on um but basically yeah they're hiding on this abandoned ship um auto kind of comes upon them and
2: <laughs> which i love i love the scene of him he's like just absolutely like ripping in his like 1970s like car just like tearing up these dirt roads and when he opens up the trunk he then opens up his briefcase and it's a magazine a like uh, a magnum revolver and uh, a pair of binoculars <laughs> and i was just like oh he's getting straight to the point
1: yeah and basically we, we have this game of cat and mouse between um otto and Cor- cornelius and zira Cor- uh, zira has my sort of like clasped to her chest throughout this whole thing um and then eventually the military police government uh also kind of descends and I, I i was a little confused as to the motivation if they were trying to get Otto to stop and catch the apes or they were just there to catch the apes i couldn't really remember like figure that out
2: i think they were trying to catch the apes alive because the the auto and the president have like a long conversation where he's like these are this is a democracy and we uh Uh, We we catch him alive, and that that like you were sort of saying, and I guess getting back to the politics of it, that like this feels very much like a uh, a Nixon presidency movie, because you got to remember that Watergate only happens at the end, so that like this is still like oh sure he's Nixon, but like uh, there's been some weird things, but like this is still America, like uh, (laughs) shady things don't happen.
0: The 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 commission does vote to like terminate. The baby and to like
2: Mm. and and to infertile or or, yeah yeah which is pretty fucked up but
0: yeah yeah so 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 Mike what what happens then
1: so basically what happens is and and I have to remind myself of the exact of 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 whether or not Han shot
0: first but I I, I can I can do it if that's that's what's troubling you no no no
1: I I I figured out so actually yeah why don't you do it
0: (laughs) yeah so. Uh, Dr. Hasline shoots Zira in the back.
1: Uh, only drops. after, only after he
2: says like, "Give me the baby, or I'll shoot," and then she runs away, and that, yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah, and then Zira drops baby Milo, and then Dr. <laughs> Hasline shoots the baby, <laughs> yeah. like three times. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I, th- I thought, I thought he shot Zira, like he just unloaded into Zira.
0: No, no he, he shoots, shoots Zira, the baby, and there's, yeah. there's definitely a, an insert shot where you see the baby. Uh, swaddled and it's like three bullets explode out of it. Um, so okay. it's like it's pretty clear that that baby is dead. Um, and then Cornelius like uh, assassinates Dr. Hasseline from up on the crow's nest and then um, one of the military police not, uh, not under orders but they just instinctively they just shoot Cornelius and he falls down dead and then Zira like crawls over to Cornelius and they embrace before Zira also dies. And, oh, but, so it's zero, zero, and then oh, zero throws, throws the
1: baby th- into the yeah, into the bay.
0: <laughs> um, so so, what did you guys think of this as it was happening? What was your uh, emotional reaction? <laughs> I
1: I was like, oh my! Like, I couldn't believe you just shot the baby like that. Like,
0: that was, it was wild. I was shocked. Wow.
2: Just it like absolutely unloaded into the baby, and then into her, and then dies immediately. <laughs> like,
0: so like like you were shocked. You were like, were you like? <laughs> I didn't expect the movie to end like this, or, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I didn't... I mean, I, I guess I, I don't know that I had a good idea of how it would end. In, in some ways, it doesn't surprise me. It does feel like, you know, they kind of end... Both Both the first two movies end with these kinds of... Like, the first movie ends with, like, this big shock. And I guess it's not really a shock entirely in the second movie, but it mm-hmm. ends with this big, you know, kind of dire event. And I guess it does make sense thematically that, that it would end this way. But, you know, there aren't very many movies where you see... A baby get just a bunch of lead plugged into it, like that. <laughs> that that to me was, you know, I I, I thought there was uh, going to be some kind of way, and it this does kind of like I thought there was I was not I guess super shocked that Zero and Cornelius died. I didn't mm-hmm. think the baby, like I said, would just get shot.
2: <laughs> See, I, I I had a suspicion as soon as they introduced uh, Chekhov's uh, chimp baby that uh, the other uh, that the reason why the uh, our titular uh, veteran psychiatrist knew the uh, owner of the uh, carnival, uh, oh, the circus, uh, was because he had delivered that baby like last year, or whatever. Um, and so once you have two adorable chimp babies, like, well, there's going to be a swap of these babies, right? Especially, uh, <laughs> and so that is revealed at the end that uh, it is in fact uh, Zira and there's babies, which is the baby and the chimp in the circus. Uh, and the the prophecy continues.
0: Right, right, right. But I, I just did want to say about like the the shootout scene, that again I like how it's very like stripped down, and that the way this movie, like like considering how like action movies are, I just like the fact mm-hmm. that it's like people with guns. Like if they shoot you, you will die. Yeah. There's no like yeah, totally. There's no like fun about like shooting guns or whatever. It's like bam, one in the back, you you are dead or dying, and then it's it's just like it's kind of shocking and not
2: much music as well it is just like bam 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 like it is no like maybe one no like
0: but like i i want to know what like kids reactions were when their parents (laughs) took them to see this movie because like it is kind of like 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 cornelius like assassinates dr hasline it's like that sort of thing it's kind of (laughs) like a stripped down jfk the day of the jackal kind of (laughs) thing this ending yeah Yeah, yeah. Um, but then then after this the shocking ending uh where you think it's it's oh no baby milo turns out it was a baby chimp that zira had secretly switched with the uh other baby at Armando's circus
2: which which don't worry it wasn't the adorable smart uh chimp baby it was the adorable dumb chimp baby that you saw brutally murdered several minutes ago
1: yeah yeah that yeah it was like uh, the the living mother is the one who lost a child the 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 dead ones is still alive um (laughs) Yeah, that's a little weird. I mean, like, as soon as they cut back to the circus, I was like, oh, I figured out what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's clever, you know. I was like, hey, say what you will about this movie, and I thought it was pretty good, but they, they know how to end it.
2: There you go. And the and the the idea that, like, I appreciate that she was smart enough to realize, like, okay, if we get if we escape and get back, I can just swap, swap them right back out. If not, my son will live. I was like, no, that's pretty smart they they did what they had
0: to do to ensure their baby would survive.
2: Though it definitely feels a lot like uh, The Last of Us that the the podcast they keep listening to is sort of the uh, about the series all about being the like the power of love, but not in like a pure way like the power of love is like sort of a force of nature and sort of like, oh, you someone will do horrific shit like letting someone else's baby die to make sure my baby doesn't die.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, Zira is pretty interactions are kind of questionable i guess when you break it down
2: i it's 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 not even that i question them like if i was in that circumstances and it was does my baby die or does your baby die fuck it my baby lives like i understand it but it is still the murder of a child by like by proxy
1: yeah Um, she's not murdering it though
2: putting it in danger Mm.
1: it's very uh it's very moses-esque right you know Uh, uh, perfect. perfect
0: Yeah, so that, that is the movie, um, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. What did, what did you guys think of it overall?
1: I thought it was pretty good. You know, I, I think its lower budget does show a little bit. I do think the ape suits are, are starting to look a little beat up. I, I'm curious how much maintenance they, they actually did on them. Um, and like I said, I did actually find the end, like... And granted, I watched this movie a little late at night, so I was getting tired towards the end, so that probably colored my attitude, too. But, like, I, I think this is, like, a very watchable perfectly interesting movie i much more so than than beneath the planet
2: of the <laughs> at least at least there was like a follow through thread rather than just like let's introduce some aliens like <laughs> um even though I, I did have a lot of fun with at least the beginning part of that uh yeah the lewis your idea that maybe that this is sort of like, like a, a greek oracle sort of prophecy that like uh it's it's only because they tried to murder the apes that uh the apes rebelled like the, that that like, looks this the cycle begins anew uh, i thought that that makes this movie a lot more interesting i like yeah it's interesting because like these are like
0: these movies are like science fiction but they do play a lot with like religion and like prophecy and faith kind of and like they have their mm-hmm. own lore like mythology and stuff in it. So it's like a whole mix of things it ends up Feels like it shouldn't mesh together, but it all it all kind of does. Like Milo with Saint Saint Francis of Assisi. I like, when, <laughs> I like when Zero is like, "Who's that?" and Marano's like, "Well, he's dead now." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was the saint. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this film, Breath of Fresh Air after Beneath the Planet of the Apes. I uh, to me, I I feel like I can place this movie on equal footing with the first one. In my opinion, I think it's a really good. Uh, travel story it, it you know has a lot to say about our then modern day society and stuff and what would happen if what would happen if this happens you know if this scenario happened how would people react and that sort of thing and I like the stripped down nature of it sort of where it feels very mundane and therefore kind of realistic so yeah like is there anything else you guys wanted to say I wanted to ask you Chris since you were harping on the role Nova played in the last two movies I was going to mm-hmm. ask you, as sort of the feminist by default, <laughs> um, uh, if if you had anything to say about the roles of women in this movie,
2: Doctor Zira. Unlike in the previous two movies, where she seems like hard headed but well calculated, she falls a little into the like ditzy. I'm going to give you a piece of my mind, like that. Basically, like she reveals every secret after agreeing that they should keep the secret. She then reveals the secret in a like fit of uh not rage but like anger at being belittled or thought of differently and then like immediately gets drunk and reveals all their secrets um it's like and so like some of that i'm okay with but like it, it did feel like that they hit that on the they hit that trope pretty hard and the other one is um the female veterinary psychiatrist like eventually she starts to be, be given lines but at least for like the first two-thirds of the movie it's mostly just she is standing next to him while he's talking and then like faints once um <laughs> that uh i think they better compared to the previous movies the the female humans um but that like uh not, not quite where i'd like them to be
1: i think that's fair she's just kind of there to a certain extent only thing other things i would point out is that that i realized later on is that this is the last feature film sal minio was in he plays dr huh. milo Salminio, of course, uh, famous for his role probably in Rebel Without a Cause. And then also in Exodus, he was nominated at, for an Academy Award for both roles. You know, kind of like an up-and-coming star at one point who, who met an, an untimely end. And, and then uh, also, Car- like I, I, you don't usually see this, but on Wikipedia, they actually list the people like, who played on the, the score. And uh, Carol Kay, who was like a very famous bass uh, session player. She played with the Wrecking Crew, who were very famous uh session band she played bass the very prominent very funky bass on the score it's pretty cool to see
0: damn yeah i did want to mention in addition to sal minio he dr milo was supposed to have kind of a bit more of a role in this movie but sal minio was like terrified of wearing the makeup i guess he was feeling like claustrophobic so they ended up killing him off uh Mm. really quickly yeah
2: that makes way more sense like uh yeah
0: uh, yep. So I, I guess that's it, right, guys? I think so. All right. So um, I, I, I assume you guys are feeling a lot more uh, positively about visiting the next movie than you were last time when we wrapped up beneath the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I'm interested.
1: Uh, I'm interested to see where it goes because I have no idea where it could possibly go. I like is are all of them going to
2: do the classic like okay we're going to end on a full button like we don't need a new movie and then like just have to like totally restart from scratch
0: this one was written paul dean was like no way am i doing another (laughs) having to write a sequel to like beneath the planet of the apes i'm writing this with the intention of there could be a sequel to this if need be
2: gotcha Um, which i guess there is like there is a monkey that that will be the next step but
0: yeah he was like if this film if escape manages to be a success then i have ideas and then boom escape from the planet of the apes is a big success Say what you will about slashing the budget, but it seemed to have pay off where they managed to make enough money to produce more and more sequels. Keep going.
2: And I don't is, is that I'm curious is that going to be the next step for uh, Cinema Now? Like that they keep trying to double the budget and like that means that uh, you put more expensive shit in it, but now it's just going to be no, no no no, let's just like pare down, continually pare down. I don't know. Maybe that's just how reboots happen now.
0: They should they should stop spending so much money but i don't think they can Uh, fair fair it's like we're in this scenario where it's like they spend so much money on cgi and don't like pay the cgi people and now it's like let's not have any cgi at all (laughs) and then all the places (laughs) just shut down (laughs) yeah there you go but next time we will be covering the fourth film in this series conquest of the planet of the apes i wonder what happens in that one <laughs> we will it will be covering the theatrical version there is like an unrated version that has like an alternate ending so if you manage to watch this movie make sure you're watching the theatrical version because that's what we'll be covering on the podcast yeah so I, i'm excited to talk about it with you guys so if you have any uh, emails mike how can people email us
1: you can email us at contact at thepostwriter.com. Tell us what you think about this movie and about the other stuff on the website. Uh, you can, of course, find this podcast on com and anywhere else you find your podcasts. And you can find me, Mike Levito, on Twitter at mlevito and letterbox.amaramike.
2: Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Chris Chobin, uh, uh, writer for The Post Writer. Uh, check out my articles on... Uh, Magic Mike, uh, and and possibly new articles to come soon. Um, have you seen yeah, the a new cool. movie yet? It I have. That I I I have ideas though that they're still churning, and that'll be my next article probably. Either that or The Last of Us.
0: Okay. Would Magic Mike survive long in The Last of Us? <laughs> Ooh. He's a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: he does have a lot of good carpentry skills, but something tells me uh, the the fungus would call to him
0: uh so yeah and i'm your host lewis ryan i also contribute to the post Writer, so check me out on there i have a twitter and Letterboxed at the lewis ryan so please check me out please send an email we're dying to hear your thoughts literally dying i've just been through a state of emergency here in my hometown of hoboken where i was without water and i was like man i wish i had some emails distract me from the fact that i have no water where i live um so please send us some emails uh, we we would like to hear your thoughts Uh, and that that does it all for this week so we'll be back again to discuss the next movie so tune in then see you next time everybody
1: Hi, I'm Lars Emerson and I'm Mike Levito and we're the hosts of the Postwriters podcast watching mates It's our podcast in which we explore the trends in film under each post-war presidency and reflect on how presidents and the zeitgeist of the era shaped the movies of their time So be sure to check it out wherever podcasts are found or on the postwriter.com